Hi, my name is Marek. Hi, I'm James. Uh, we're from the band Scavengers. And you're listening to The Next Big Thing. What's up, y'all? I'm your host, Alyssa Quiles. I've got to say it's been quite a while since the release of our pilot, but we're back and better than ever. Today, we've got rock and roll newcomers, Scavengers, made up of vocalist Merrick Ball, guitarist James O'Neill, drummer Dan Powell, and bassist Tim Marsh, the quartet hail from the UK, and just dropped their second EP, Are We Alone Now? Ball and O'Neill managed to get on a Skype call with us to share their story of their humble beginnings, hopes for the band's future, and touch on how current events have affected the group. With the virus and everything going on right now, the world is in a pretty crazy place. How is the band handling it? Poorly. Yes, (laughs) incredibly. What we got? We got Tim has had to move back to, uh, so our bassist has had to go back home, which is Surrey, so just like outside of London-y way. Mm -hmm. Geography was never my strong suit. Um, Dan is still working, I think, isn't he? Or is he off now? No, Dan's off now. He was still working up until, like, you know when everything officially went into lockdown and everything closed. Yeah. He was working up until then, then he stopped. Um, So he's now sat at home on his own. Um, Yeah. Playing Overwatch until seven in the morning. And then James and I have been remotely writing songs. Oh, nice. So has it affected music production? I know y'all recently released your EP, but did it affect the release date at all? Yeah. I mean, we tossed about like, holding back the release date for a while to see if maybe we should leave it till after everything blows over. So besides pushing it back in the sense of while we were still deliberating that, we ended up putting it out mid-lockdown anyway, just to yeah. give, give people something to do, really. Yeah. I mean, we had this whole like release schedule and everything planned. It was all like laid out, ready to go. We had dates planned for months and months. Um, and as soon as we got the Masters back, we were ready to go. And then this all happened. And we were about, I think, five days away from the whole thing we had planned yeah pretty much. everything had to shut down and obviously yeah. everything else comes first but we were 50 50 whether we'd stop leave it a couple of months wait for all this to blow over but then we were like no nah, it's it's not gonna blow over so we we just went for it what was it like making the ep when did you start production and everything like that Ooh, um kind of in fits and starts really um we recorded deadlock which was the first single we put out we recorded that and well we started recording it end of 2018 uh if i remember rightly and then we put that out early 2019 and then over the course of 2019 then we recorded the rest of the stuff um and then it was just uh a matter really we we finished recording and then we had to do some extra little tiddly bits this year yeah it was a very staggered and fits and starts and it took quite a while to come together but it's not necessarily a complaint. Things happen when they happen. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part about making it? Ooh, favorite part about making it? James, you go first. <laughs> Thanks. Favorite part about making it? I'd probably say once the feedback process got started with getting all the mixes sorted and the masters done, um, so you can hear everything back properly, you uh, like get it changed and it just sounds better and better and better each time you get it back. 
again, it actually comes to the point where it's ready and listening back to the first time. But yeah, that is a way more sensible answer than what I was going to say. I was going to say <laughs> you're going to say one random. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say watching you record your guitar parts mm-hmm. while I ate super noodles on our producer's balcony. <laughs> yes, that happened. <laughs> yeah, that was a thing. That was a highlight for me. <laughs> <laughs> you released your first single back in 2018, but what initially started the band? Who said, all right, we're going to be scavengers? Um. It's kind of a, a long story in that one. Um, I started Scavengers in the tail end of 2016, um, if I'm rightly. It was 2016, the idea came together. Uh, and then across 2017, uh, I had a completely different lineup of mates. Um, but things happen, things change. Uh, and <laughs> there was a night where James and I met up and we were drinking and I was like, Hey, I got a new band. Listen to this. And he was like, Ooh, I like this. So then when all of my other bandmates had to, had to leave and, and go off, mm-hmm. I was like, Hey James, remember that, remember that song that you liked? Do you want to maybe join that band and also help me get an entirely new band together? Cause James and I used to be in a band back in 2015. You called me, it was something like 10 in the morning. And you were just like, oh yeah, by the way, so did you want to start everything up? But I had to try and phone everyone I knew to try and build <laughs> people together from out of nothing. So I convinced someone out of something and I was like, oh yeah, so I convinced our original bassist Nikki to join. And then from that, I was like, oh, you know your friend Dan? Because I didn't know Dan very well. Um, and Nikki was like, well, you probably won't convince him to join. So I convinced him to join because I convinced Dan to join. Nikki was then like, okay, yeah, yeah let's do it. And it was kind of a bit of everybody was tentative. And then when we started, it was a lot better. But yeah. I've got to say, y'all have a very classic rock and roll sound mixed with a very powerful punk twist. And it's just really sick. Um, who are your favorite bands and do you take influence from them? <laughs> um, yes, but as if you can hear it, I, I don't know. Um my main influences would be bands like Mayday Parade and My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, trying to think of other bands. Uh, Mariana's Trench. So very not the music mm-hmm. I make, yeah. really. I mean, with the stuff that you tend to write, a, a lot of the time we come up with a song and then Mark fits the lyrics to it. Lately, he's been having more input on the songwriting. So we've been writing songs around what he had in mind. But we kind of wrote as a band with him there for his input. But he didn't obviously write the guitar lines or the drum parts or anything like that. We all did our respective parts. Mm. Um, and I know our drummer, Dan, is a massive like periphery fan. Our bassist, Tim, it, he listens to all sorts of stuff, but mainly things like Neck Deep and um, random pop punk bands. Um, I listened to a, a lot of Rise Against mm. when I was growing up and things okay. like that. So it's, there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. things in there. But yeah. Nice. So what's the songwriting process like now versus when you first started? Has it changed at all? Yeah, definitely. So when we first started, um, it was kind of sit in a practice room and play random things until something sticks to the wall. Mm-hmm. And that was okay because we were messing around and that's how we wrote Follow Suit. We were like, oh, let's write something really heavy for a laugh. And we did. And it turned out to be Follow Suit. Um, 
then now Marek's coming to us with his ideas for lyric sheets and saying, I've got this idea for a song. I don't know what it's going to go like because he doesn't know the guitar parts, bass parts or anything. And he says, I'm thinking of this vibe. And then I'll take it and Tim will take it and we'll try and build something around it. So <laughs> think, oh yeah, this, 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 this. Um, and then uh, Marek kind of sits in and says, oh, what about trying this? What about trying this? And we build it up around that way and especially obviously with everything going on it's all gone remote Mm -hmm. so we're sending back and forth and back and forth and i'm getting this feedback and that feedback and i want to punch him but i can't punch him because it's quarantine (laughs) because he just has so many different things he wants to do but yeah Mm -hmm. it's cool i was gonna say i feel like i've worked with uh, i've worked with a lot of different musicians over the years and categorically james is the only person who can one put up with me and two (laughs) understand the ideas that i struggle to translate so, Merrick, you're the main lyricist. What's your thinking process like? Do you hear the track and then you're like, oh, okay, this would fit here? I, I write a lot, of, a lot of stuff. It doesn't necessarily mean it's good stuff, but I, I write a lot of stuff <laughs> so that my thinking is that I have something for every potential idea that James or Tim or Dan might come up with because I can, I can fit my bits. And I've sort of got it pre-written in a way. Um, but as we, as James mentioned, we're now moving into a sort of, I write a full song of, of lyrics and go, well, this could do this and this and this and, and try to explain what I'm thinking. So y'all have released a few tracks up to this point. Which one is your favorite <laughs> and which one is your least favorite? So I know Tim and Dan are massive fans of making friends with skeletons because of obviously how big it sounds with all the synth lines and everything mm-hmm. in the chorus. I don't know. I don't know what I'd say my favourite. It's probably... I'd probably say Deadlock just because of the hour and a half I had to spend trying to track the solo because I'm not very good at guitar. <laughs> um, so like hearing it actually sound back and not sound rubbish is quite nice. Nice. But that was the hour and a half that I was sat on the balcony eating noodles. What a great Yeah, time. when I was hearing my hero wanted to cry. Yeah. Uh, I think my favourite is Follow Suit. Like I, I love that one, personally. It's a lot of fun to do live. But my least favourite, I think, is Making Friends with Skeletons. Because for a, a while, I thought it was maybe one of the weakest on the EP. Now now that we've had the EP finished and out, I'm like, I appreciate it. But I think it, it's one of my, my lower, lower rung ones. Y'all recently released a music video for self-sacrifice as an art form, and you're not very creative. Um, because you released it during quarantine, it's a little different than a normal video. Whose idea was it to put that together instead of waiting and releasing a normal one? Well, as James mentioned, we kind of had um, had things planned and, and calendared, and obviously then the pandemic hit and everything kind of fell apart. But um, recently, a, a, a town near us called Pontypridd had, uh, had experienced some flooding. Uh, so we planned to do a music video for that song with some local charities and just sort of raise some awareness and try to raise some money. Uh, but and the core idea there was that we were helping a dog shelter, so mm. we knew that we wanted a music video with cute animals. Oh. But sadly, and obviously, everything kind of fell through, and, and we couldn't get it together. So I, I still wanted a music video with a puppy in it. So I asked uh, our friend Kane, who did the music, the lyric video for us on Deadlock, uh, if he'd whip something up for us, and luckily he came through. The track features David Richards of Nightlives, who also produced the EP, but what was it like working with him, not only as a producer, but as a featured artist as well? 
Tap's great. He's such a nice guy. And um, he's very patient, which I definitely need when I'm tracking. Mm-hmm. Um, and he does put all of his effort into everything he does. Um, he is quite difficult to pin down because obviously everything going on, like life gets in the way and everything. Um, but when you get him, he's absolutely spot on. He's fantastic. He's a lovely guy. Um, and yeah, I feel like if there was anybody we could have had to get what we had live, uh, he would have done the best job and he did a fantastic job as far as I'm concerned. Going back to your EP, Are We Alone Now? Um, what's the inspiration for the title? It, it comes from me being, uh, when I was younger, I was a, I was, I was raised a Christian. Uh, I'm, I'm not religious these days, but I was raised a Christian. Um, and before I used to say my, my prayers every night, uh, I was always very conscious that like a member of my family might be listening in. So that was, that was how I opened all my prayers. And I know that sounds super lame, but that's, that's what it was. So um, when I was thinking about um, naming the EP and, and some of the themes I was touching on, I, I thought that a lot of the stuff was kind of conversational in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, deadlock, uh, self-sacrifice, uh, conversation with myself, making friends, obviously it's quite narrative. So I was like, well, this sounds conversational. How did I used to start my conversations when I was younger? A question, are we alone now? And yeah, it just kind of stuck. I thought, yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I think so. That's pretty cool. Pretty sweet. I just have one more question. But before we go on to that, is there anything that I didn't ask about that you want to talk about? Um, I think it's criminal that we're in the year 2020 and there's still only one song about the boys being back in town. I'd like to mention that for the record. <laughs> stole my joke. Stole my joke. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I would like to to mention, I think, because obviously it's, um, it's worth noting and sort of bookmarking the, the time that we're at as a band. Um, of all the things that we had cancelled, we had our first little tour booked in, and sadly that fell through. Um, so that's one of the things I'm, I'm quite gutted about. But I'm hoping that when everything blows over, we'll be able to put on a good EP launch party, rebook the tour, and just smash it, really. It's just the waiting game. I don't like that. Everything's just kind of like super all over the place and nobody knows what's going on. It's really not fun because we, would, we just released this and we're all really excited. We were buzzing to have a release show and it's just not working. Can we hopefully expect you to visit the States one day? I'm hoping that like we might be able to, because I, I want to start pitching to labels soon. So I'm hoping that we might be able to get onto a label and be like, hey... So you know how like everything is still currently in a mad state of flux. Let's take this opportunity to just tour everywhere before everything just settles back to normality. Because currently the industry is not working the way it, it normally yeah. would either. So my final question is something I ask almost every band that I have the opportunity to talk to. Um, you could be doing a million other things with your time. Why this? I remember being about eight years old and wanting to be in a band, listening to like my old man's LPs like Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin and all different things like that. And I just couldn't think of anything else I'd want to do. So I started learning guitar. Uh, when I turned about 14, I played my first live show by myself. Uh, I just started singing. 
Um, and I was playing in covers bands from the age of about 15 or 16. Um, I was playing in and my first originals band when I was about 17. And that was uh, some kind of metalcore band. Nobody cares about that. Um, but the feeling that I've always had whenever I play in a band, whenever it's in a room with people, whether it's at a gig, whether it's just on my own, I, I just I would love to do this, but couldn't imagine doing anything else. Same, I guess. I mean, nothing else interests me like in the same way the music is. And I, I'd like to think I'm too annoying to be in an office. If you're a musician, you kind of get a free pass on being insufferable. <laughs> Charlie, right? I feel like that's what you tell yourself to help ease the pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I just nothing else really interested me. And like you said, like when we were when we were kids, I always wanted to be like the fourth Jonas brother. Look at that panda. <laughs> I don't know if I if I should say this, but I feel like the the next couple of songs that we've written, I love them. This, oh, I'm so excited. You can stream Scavenger's latest release, Are We Alone Now, on all streaming platforms. You can also find them on socials at Scavengers UK. That's S-C-A-V-E-N-G-E-R-S-U-K. Be sure to keep up with future episodes of Next Big Thing by giving us a follow on Twitter at mbthingpodcast. Know an artist who would like to be featured on the show? Shoot us an email at nextbigthing.podcast at gmail.com. Or send me a message on Twitter at Alyssa Quill, A-L-Y-S-S-A-Q-U-I-L. Catch y'all later. Featured tracks in this episode include Deadlock, Making Friends with Skeletons, as well as Self-Sacrifice as an Art Form, and You're Not Very Creative. Big thanks to Scavengers 